Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. happy. It's not a day of doom and gloom, is it? Not if you know Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, y'all look sharp today. Mr. Mr. Ray walked in. He, made, he said, I told my wife today, if our neighbors see us, they're going to think someone died and we're going to a funeral. I look so good. But we're celebrating the death, burial, and it didn't stop there. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So y'all look good. Woo, y'all look good. Might get cut on some of y'all. Y'all look so sharp. Amen. Hey, you made a good choice to be in the house of God today. You could have been anywhere. And you chose to take time out of your Sunday. Man, it's a beautiful Easter Sunday, isn't it? Thought it was going to be a little rainy. We prayed that away. Praise God. Because our children knew that they were going to be hunting Easter eggs. And if I learned anything, you don't get in between children and candy in those eggs. And so they've got a, just a beautiful day to go search for those Easter eggs. And, of course, you may have noticed walking in the cross with the resurrection flowers on there. When y'all are leaving, make sure you take a selfie. I'd like to see those selfies put up on Facebook. Tag the church. You know, y'all look too good not to take some pictures and remember this day. But you've made a good decision, and I'm glad that you're here today. And I pray that you have your Bible. If you have your Bible, let's go ahead and conf- make our confession. If you're visiting today, this is something we do every Sunday here at Gospel Tabernacle because we believe that God has breathed this word and it will change our lives, even save us unto salvation. So this is why we make this confession. We say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, shout Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. And I've got a simple question for you. Are you looking for the living among the dead? Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Let's read. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. Any any early risers here? Early morning people? How many is night owls and you proud of it? Yeah. How many is, don't wake me up too early, but not too late, just right. Amen. Very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. Verse 2, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They then, then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed, about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Pro tip, 
When you're talking to someone and they're glowing, listen to what they're about to say. Verse 5, Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. Probably many of you know this. If you don't, you're here and this is the place to learn it. The Lord Jesus Christ, He was born of a virgin, a miraculous birth. He was the seed of God, miraculously put in this virgin woman named Mary. You believe that, A.J.? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that I serve a God of miracles and that which science or man cannot explain happened because the Bible said it did. He lived a life sinless. And that matters because the blood came from God. See, there's many parents in here today, and you'll know that if you've ever went to go see a scan of your precious little one in your wife's womb, that the blood comes from the Father. The blood came from God the Father. And the blood that was in Christ was sinless. And He added no sin to it because as He lived, as the Bible tells us, a man, yes, God, but submitting and emptying Himself out of who He was as God, He caused Himself to live like a man on the earth for roughly 33 some odd years. And He was anointed of by the Holy Spirit. Someone say Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came on the man Jesus Christ. And He did many great signs, miracles, and wonders to prove that the heart of the Father is for you. That God loves you. See, if you're stuck in sin, God wants to free you. See, if you're sick in your body, God wants to heal you. See, if you've got needs, God wants to supply them. If you're filled with depression, anxiety, fear, God wants to set you free and fill you with peace. If you're sad and depressed, God wants to give you His joy that never runs out. And that's what Jesus proved was the heart of the Father. He said, I only do what I see my Father do, and I only say what I hear my Father say. And He lived a life perfect without sin. And here is the mystery of the gospel. He died the death of a sinner. He took on your sin and my sin. The things I don't even want to think about because I'm ashamed of. He took them on Himself. The Bible says He became the sin offering. And while He hung on a criminal's cross between criminals... Under the weight of sin, and as the Bible says, the work, the payment of sin is death, he suffered spiritual death, death, being separated from the Father. And in his last moments of life, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The sin that separated me from God, Jesus paid the price so it no longer has to separate me from God. And then he shouts with a great loud cry, It is finished. Breathes out his last breath, and he dies. Your death, my death. He borrowed a tomb, which makes sense because he filled my grave and your grave. But it doesn't stop there. See, it's not enough to believe in a Christ crucified, you've got to believe that he's risen. 
And when you believe Jesus is alive, you just act different. You just live different. Because you've come to a realization that it's not me living, but rather Christ in me. We're going to get that in just a second, but I want you to see a few things of what we just read. Look again, Luke 24, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them. You know, if you want to get something done and done right, usually the ladies will do it. Amen? And I'm not afraid to say that because my wife's sitting in here. Now, if she was in the back serving, I might say the men have to take care of it. But I'm trying to earn some brownies points this Easter Sunday. Amen. These ladies were on the way to the tomb. Now, why were they going? They were taking spices, which they had. Someone say had. Now, I'm not an English scholar, certainly not a literary genius. In fact, if you've listened to me thus far, you've already heard me make a few uh, mistakes in just what I'm saying. I'm not the best speaker there is in the world, certainly not the best writer there is. Every English teacher I had in school would say, yes and amen, because I don't know where the commas go. Sometimes I use the wrong words here and there. But praise God, I can get the point across if you give me enough time. And I, but I know this, had is past tense. They had spices already prepared on the day of resurrection. The Bible actually tells us that in Luke 23, 55, just a few verses before that, the women also, when they came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the tomb. These women that are there on Resurrection Sunday at the empty tomb, they were there when Jesus' dead body filled the tomb. They saw his dead body go in the tomb. Verse 56, they left there and prepared spices and ointments, then rested that Sabbath day according to the commandment or to the law. They saw Jesus' dead body go in the tomb, and then they go and buy spices. Why did they buy spices? They weren't cooking something. In this day and age, they did not embalm bodies. But they would cover the dead body with these fragrant spices to help take down the smell of the death that was in the body. They had prepared spices. They didn't believe Jesus was going to be gone when they came there that resurrection Sunday. They just assumed that they were going to a filled tomb that was, in fact, closed. The other uh, account of this is in the book of Mark, Mark 16, 3. It says, and these ladies said among themselves, who's going to roll away the stone from the door of the tomb? They were already talking about it on the way to the tomb. Wait a minute. We got spices, but we got no key. This stone's way too big. How are we going to roll it away? They didn't expect the tomb to be empty. Their faith, rather, they had doubt in what God said. They did not have faith in God's word. Because Jesus had said, you can look for it in, at it yourself. There's three different separate accounts where Jesus point blank says, I must be delivered into the hands of sinners. I must be crucified. And on the third day, I will rise again. Tells them three different times. In fact, these angels remind the women that are there on Resurrection Sunday at the empty tomb. But that word, as so often as it can, if you allow it, can pass through this ear and go right out the other and never make a deposit in your heart. Miss Sharon was helping my wife, Laura, uh, painting and doing some work, uh, remodeling the nursery last week. And Laura was talking about me and how what type of listener I am. 
And I just owned up to it. I just said, I'm a selective hearer. I'm a selective listener. What does that mean? I hear what I want to hear. Forget what I don't want to remember, right? You know it, husbands. And you're not going to make a big deal of it. But you know that you are absolutely right, but you don't want to make your wife feel bad. But when she said she told you to do this, she didn't really say it. All the men are very quiet. Because they're thinking, that's right, but if I move an inch, my wife's going to slap me. No, sometimes we hear things and it just goes in one ear and out the other. Oh, you can be real religious about it. Glory! Woo! Jesus! Yes, that sounded good. And if it doesn't get in your heart, it won't change you. These women followed Jesus for three and a half years, saw the miracles, ate the bread and fish that was multiplied, saw dead people come alive, lepers cleansed, devils cast out of people. they still expected the tomb to be filled with a dead body. How do I know that? Their actions. They bought spices. They had their best funeral clothes on. They got their spices and they're headed to a tomb that they think will have a dead body in it. And so you have to ask yourself this question. Do you look real good? Do you even have your spices prepared? But do you still expect there to be a dead body in a filled tomb? Because if I don't allow the Word of God to penetrate my heart, it will mean nothing to me. And there is nothing you get from God but by faith. And faith changes you. So you can't earn it, you can't work for it, you can't win it. You can't be good enough. The book of Titus said, It is but by the grace of God you are saved, lest we boast in ourselves. See, there just ain't nothing in me that will save myself. I've got to have faith in what Jesus has said in His Word. And that begins with knowing that He is resurrected. Look at this, verse 2. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Well, now that's interesting. Maybe someone's already got here before us. They begin to think that. But actually what happened was an angelic doorman opened the door. Matthew 28, verse 2 says this, And behold, there was a great earthquake... For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door that sat upon it. Now, this is what I know, that this physical stone was far too heavy for these precious ladies, though faithful in duty, to roll it away. And I also know this, that it was sealed by the Roman centurions. I want to tell you something. What you have magnified to be greater than God, whether it's physical or social or cultural or something the government does, is just not greater than Jesus. Because what man can't roll away, what a government, a king, an authority, a boss has stamped his seal of approval, in one moment, the angel of the Lord can bust those bonds and roll that stone away. Now notice this. When they went in, verse 3, Luke 24, 3, they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed. Someone say confused about this. Notice that. They were greatly perplexed. Unbelief always produces 
confusion. Unbelief produces frustration. Unbelief causes chaos. Look at our world. You can have people say whatever they want to say. They can say, well, I think we need to make new laws. Newsflash. More laws does not change the heart of the lawbreaker. You can have one law, 10,000 laws. If the, law, if the heart of the lawbreaker does not change, they're just going to keep on breaking them. You can print $7 trillion like the government has in the past two years and then say, oh, wow, inflation. Who knew? We print money in the uh, Xerox and in the back room, and now we've got inflation. You can print money all you want, but it won't solve financial problems until this nation sets its path straight with the biblical financial principles of the Word of God. And there's plenty of them. And then bring that down personally. You'll never have something that seems like shouldn't go together, financial peace, until you submit to the Word of God. There's just some, there's, there's many things that man just can't do. So many things that man just can't do. And you have to submit to the Word of God because unbelief will produce frustration in your life. And that's what happened with these women. They don't understand. They don't get it because they don't believe. They just expect in their heart, He's dead. I saw him dead. I know he's dead. I watched him breathe his last breath. I watched him put the stone on it. It can't be. And that's the problem. If as long as you're yielding to what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch, what you feel, what you think, you'll never get in the realm of faith. You'll never get into the things of God. You'll never get where you receive the power of this resurrection. But here's the thing. You've got faith in you. The Bible says every person has the measure of faith. When you were created, and you are created in the image of God. I want you to say this out loud. Say it real loud. Everyone's going to do it, so you won't be out, you know, outspoken. Just say it real loud. Say, I am made in the image of God. Now, what's Satan trying to do? Through sin, he wants to distort that image. He wants to mar that image. He wants to destroy that thing that's in you, which is you have been made in the image of God. That God would so love you, He would give His only begotten Son so that anyone that would believe on Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life. There is, you are too valuable to God to watch you just be, go off into destruction of sin and destruction of death caused by sin. Now look at this. Luke 24, verse 4. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What's the song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places? These ladies were looking for life in all the wrong places. You don't look for living people in a cemetery. Last time I checked, I have never, I have never, ever, 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 ever been looking for someone and thought, you know what, I might go by Forest Lawn and see if they're out laid out in the pasture out there. No. Anyone that's there has a permanent residence. Their body. Their body. 
No, you don't look for living people among the dead. There's no P.O. boxes. There's no mailboxes at the cemetery. They were looking for life in all the wrong places. Matthew 28, 5 says this, The angel answered and said to them, Women, fear not. How do you know when you talk to an angel? Just a side note. Great fear will come over you. Amen. They were greatly perplexed. They saw these angels. They fell down. They bowed down on their faces to the earth. Amen. For I know, these angels said, For I know that you seek Jesus. And I know why you're looking for him, because he was the one crucified. But he is not here. Someone say, he is not here. And then say this even more boldly. Say, he is risen. Are you serving a risen Jesus? Or are you looking for the dead among, are you looking for the living among the dead? Are you serving a risen Christ? Or are you looking for the living among the dead. Are you trying to find peace in a peaceless world? Are you looking for hope among the hopeless? Health among the sick? Prosperity among the lack? Faith among the doubtful? Life among the dead? See, there's one place you can get everything you need, and His name's Jesus. And it is through the atoning work of the cross that Christ purchased redemption. But it just doesn't stop with Him being crucified. I would actually argue this. We have crosses here. We've got one on the outside. We've got some in here. Crosses. It reminds us of the debt that Christ paid for us. But I would argue this, that the symbol of Christianity shouldn't just be a cross, but maybe a cross with an empty tomb side by side. Because they, both of them must be in our heart of hearts and in our faith. Knowing that it is Christ crucified but resurrected that I have life. See, Paul said it this way in Philippians 3, that I must know Him in the sufferings of His crucifixion, but also the power of His resurrection. See, the cross was to pay a debt. In fact, in the book of John 19, remember Jesus, He's hanging on the cross and He cries out, It is finished. If you look in the New Testament, the Bible, original Bible languages of the New Testament is Greek and Aramaic. I know that sounds smart, but I'm not a professor. I just know how to use Google. And so this word, it is finished, that Greek word, it's used in three contexts. It's used in the business world. Think about it. It is finished. Say, it is finished. In the business world, that means the debt is paid. If you've ever had a loan and you paid off that last payment, and you'd ran around the house screaming, jumping for joy, certainly you didn't say, let me go get another one, right? No, no, you just got set free. When you pay that last payment, oh, they can't send me another bill because I don't owe a thing, my friend. I've paid this thing far too long, too many months, too many times. I've made an automatic draft to them. No, 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 it is paid. In fact, some of y'all might even call them up if they sent another bill or another bill. You might call them up and give them a few choice words and tell them how much you've already paid that bill. No, you ain't getting no more money out of me. That debt's paid. It is finished. That same word when it's used in legal terms, in a courtroom. It means the sentence has been served. How many's ever got a speeding ticket? No, don't raise your hand. I know y'all wouldn't speed. 
though Laura and I, we were driving the other day. Corey's laughing. He's like, oh, well, no, don't say everyone here. Laura and I were driving the other day. I can't remember where it was. And, of course, I'm, it's just quiet in the, in the car. Naomi fell asleep. And we're, we're on a, one of those two-lane highways, right? Country highway. And it wasn't taking me to West Virginia. On that country highway, two lanes, and you got two people that have decided, let's see how slow we can go. They're having, the, having a reverse race. Let's see who can go slower than the other person. And I'm behind them. And I told Laura, I said, we're, I guess we're taking the scenic route right through Clinton. I said, there ain't nothing to see. It's just grass. Let's move on, people. Let's get out of here. Maybe you've got a speeding ticket before. Maybe you got a ticket or something. You went to traffic court, and you had some mercy shown towards you. And the, and the, and the judge said, ah, forget it. Out of here. I'll just pay the little fee. Once you pay it, you're done for. That's it. Nothing else. In fact, in the court of law in America, you can't be convicted twice for the same thing. Once it's done, once you're freed or convicted, either way, they can't get you again on that same account. Now, they may come up with something else on the side, but they can't do the same thing again because the sentence has been served. It is finished. Thirdly, that word is used oftentimes in military conquest when a commander reports back to his superior and says, Sir, the battle is won. When Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished, He said, I paid their debt. I've served their sentence and I've won their battle. I have paid their debt, I have served their sentence and I have won their battle. In fact, I want you to look at this. Turn with me. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ. Say this out loud. Say, with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. See, now it's not enough to just say, well, Jesus did die and He is resurrected. But now you have to have faith in what He says, which is, when I died, you died with me. When I was buried, you were buried with me. And with the self-same spirit, Romans 8, that raised Christ from the dead, you have been made alive. Because look, it's this simple. If your faith doesn't get to that point, it's just a religious game. Until it permeates your heart and your spirit and your soul and your mind, I have been crucified with Christ. Which means the things that I did... In sin, that old man, he's dead. The old man is dead. The body of sin is... The old AJ, some people may remember him, but he's dead. He's been buried. And if I see you walking around his grave with a shovel, 
I'll take that shovel and whack you across the head. Because we ain't bringing up no zombie sinners. Amen. Ain't no old AJ's coming back. The old AJ's dead. By the way, I'm AJ. I, hello, I'm AJ. Some of y'all might be thinking, who's this AJ guy? He's having a, he's really beating up on this AJ guy. Who is? I'm AJ. Nice to meet you. I just think about it. He's like, wow, he's really got it out for this AJ guy. The old me's dead. The old me's buried with Christ. It's just that real. It's just that simple. Because here's the thing. What dead religion will feed you is, oh yes, Jesus did it. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's so wonderful. But you're just a sinner and you're a worm of the earth. Oh, wow. You're mired into the dirt. Oh, you're just so sinful. God hates you, but he has to love you because he's God. Oh, and maybe one day you'll go into heaven, but it probably, oh, but probably not. Don't count on it, but maybe the grace of God will get you there. Oh, you just worthless person. No, you're made in the image of Christ. He loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son. He shed His innocent blood so that you could be set free. See, many people call on Jesus to be their Savior. But really, what you have to do is call on Him as your Lord. Because the Bible says when you believe that He's the risen Son of God and confess Him Lord of your life, then you're saved. See, when you believe on Jesus as Lord, you experience His salvation. What does it mean for Jesus to be your Lord? It means I've died with Christ. It means I'm buried with Christ. It means I don't make my own decisions. It means I don't have my own thoughts. It means I don't do what I desire to do. I have yielded to Him. It's His life in me. It's His thoughts in my mind. It's His Word is my initiative. Where He says go, I say go. What He says yes to, I say yes to. What He says no to, I say no to. I just agree with Jesus because He's my Lord. He's in charge. You might, think, you might think, well, that don't sound too much fun. I'm telling you, until Jesus is your Lord, you're not living in anyway. See, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, look at this, you're in Galatians. Just turn right over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 1. But you, say me. Oh, say it a little bit better. Say me. He made alive who was dead in sin, in trespasses in sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. Maybe Flip Wilson was onto something when he said, the devil made me do it. You know, when some of y'all say, I don't know, I just, the devil made me do it. Yeah, well, you had a nature of sin. I had a nature of sin. Before Christ made me new and alive in him, my, my nature was to sin. It's just what I did. I was a sinner, so I sinned. If you plant an apple tree, it produces apples. If you plant watermelon, it produces watermelons. But I'm going to pray for you if you plant watermelon plants and get mad because you don't see apples coming off of it. The nature of a sinner is to sin. But the nature of a Christian is to live as Christ. Oh, that's impossible. Well, we ride it on ha- football helmets. We ride it on running shoes. We ride it on lockers. We, we post it on Facebook. We say all the time, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. But I think the power of Christ is much more than just to accomplish natural things. I think it's to do what is impossible, which is live holy in an unholy world, which is to live clean in an unclean world, which is to actually be free of the lust of the flesh or what that old man wants to do. Notice this. Among whom also we all, say we all, 
Yes, yeah, so no one's picking on anyone. It's all of us. Once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the lust and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God. Someone say, but God. Those two words change everything, doesn't it? But God. Well, I thought this and that, but God. Well, it didn't look like we had any hope, but God. Well, I thought this was the end of the rope. No, I tied a knot and held on because I knew, but God's going to change the situation. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love, with His great love, with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised up together. Say together. You know, I don't just like hearing you talk, though you sound good. But your, your mouth's connected to your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever said something? You say, ooh, I didn't mean to say that. But the reality is it was down in there. It's what Andy Griffith called one of them greasy words. And it just worked its way up and it slipped out. But if it ain't in there, it can't work its way out. When we were once dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So you didn't just die with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. When He rose, you rose. When these women got to the empty tomb, the work of the cross and the power of His resurrection was already now available in the earth so that some 2,000 years later, when you call on the matchless name of Christ, the name by which only man can be saved, there is no other name you can call on to be saved, it was already appropriated 2,000 years ago because God loved you so much. So that when you believe on Jesus, not only is the dead man, the old man dead, I'm now made alive with Christ. I'm a new creation with Christ Jesus. Oh man, I may have been a dirty, rotten dog yesterday, but today I'm a brand new creation. That's the glory of the gospel. You've been set free. Say, I'm free. Say, the debt's paid. The sentence is served. The battle's won. It's finished. Because Jesus is alive. See, it just changes the way we live. What we started off with, turn back there, Luke 24. Amen. That's what coming to a close today. Luke 24. Some of y'all had an inside amen. Coming to a close. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's all right. Your macaroni and cheese is still going to be there when you get home. Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 5. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6, he is not here, he is risen. Remember, someone say remember. remember. How he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. Well, what did he say? Verse 7, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. My question is, do you remember His word? 
Do you have an understanding of what God has said to you? Oh, you tell me you believe in that Bible? I sure do. It set me free. It set me free from the bondage of sin. It brought me my wife. It brought me my 18-month-old daughter that wasn't supposed to be born. But then I look at her every time she laughs, and I say, but God. She ain't supposed to be here, but I watch her be born. And I've changed a thousand and one diapers. And she's being potty trained. Oh, but by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Somehow or another, Laura, last night when she was, she, she, Naomi's using the potty. Not Laura. I would never tell you about when she was doing that. <laughs> Laura was helping Naomi use the potty. Somehow or another, she had, had to be the one supervising Naomi, and I got the cleanup job. But that's okay. She, she's, she's there all the time. She's a stay-at-home mom, taking such good care of Naomi. But by the grace of God, we'll get through potty training. I wasn't, we weren't supposed to have her. Oh, if you have children. Ain't no if with God. Well, how, well, how can you say that, A.J.? Because the Bible says that the children of the Lord are an inheritance, or the children are an inheritance from God. The Bible says that the barren woman shall be made a joyful mother of children. And I just believe that if God loves one barren woman, He loves all barren women, which means it does not exclude my wife. And obviously it's true, because I'll probably change the 1,000 second diaper today when we get home. No, I've had sickness in my body and God's healed it. Oh, you believe that? Yes, I do. Because I know precious people, they've done all man can do. They've went to every doctor. God bless doctors and nurses. We ain't against them. We're for them. Praise God. Thank God. You need a Holy Spirit-filled, God-fearing doctor. Anybody that's got a scalpel and they start cutting you open, you better pray they're saved. Hallelujah. They come at you with that knife. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Make their heart right, God. <laughs> no, but there's just things man can't do. And I've seen the bodies of people healed. My body's been healed. I've had my needs met. I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about real life, not some fancy thing, not just some once a year I'll come and celebrate a religious holiday because it's necessary. You know, this is just what we do. I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about money. You didn't have it, and then God supplied it. He blessed you. I'm talking about he gave you an idea and it produced. I'm talking about you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet and the supernatural provision of God made those ends meet. I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about being set free from depression and fear so that you can laugh when no one's laughing, so that you can have joy when all, all other people are crying, so that when everyone's afraid, you say, it's going to be all right. I serve the Most High God. I'm talking about real life. And see, here's the thing. You can't find that among the dead. See, the Bible says this, you can't have hope in yourself. 2 Corinthians 1.9 Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. You know, some people, they trust in themselves. They think, I can make it work. I can do it. It's all right. I got the answer. I can do it. But how many has ever thought you could do it and you had the answer and you found out you didn't? I have. Some people trust in themselves. Some people trust in others. But this is what the Bible says. Remember His Word. Remember, when those women remembered what Jesus said, I will be crucified, but I will raise again, be rise, ra, raised from the dead again. When they remembered what Jesus said, it changed what they did. 
They left their spices with the dead in the cemetery and they ran back to tell someone about Jesus that he's alive. When they remembered the words of Jesus, oh yeah, he did say he would die, but he'd be raised, raised again. And now I believe it changed what they did. But notice this, some people have hope in others. What does the Bible say about having hope in others? Psalms 118.8. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in princes. How many has ever trusted in somebody? You thought they were going to get the job done, but it just didn't happen. Oh, you're not mad at them necessarily. Maybe you are mad at them. I don't know. You know, they said they was going to do that. They didn't. But you've had that experience. I like this one. I think this is perfect for today's world. Psalm 6011. Give us help from trouble, God, for the help of man's useless. You know, there's some people that show up and say, I'm here to help. You think, oh, Lord, the trouble just got worse. I'm here to help. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I thought we was going to get it done, but now when they showed up, they're going to tell me how everything's wrong. We're going to do it backwards. And what they're trying to solve, they can't even solve in their own life. Oh, Jesus, give us help because the help of man's useless. Some people have hope in religion. Oh, we can look good. This isn't you. I say we. I shouldn't say we. Some people can look good. Some people can check off the religious block, block box. Yes, brother. They get real sanctified. You know them during the week, and they say, What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Oh, yeah. And then you see them at church. Yes, brother. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of God today? Oh, you know they're holy when they say that. They put four extra O's in God. God. <laughs> Woo! Some people have hope in religion. I'm not a religious person. You say, you in church, how are you not religious? No, I'm telling you something. If Jesus isn't alive, I would be back at my house doing something. I certainly wouldn't have got up early. Certainly wouldn't have read this book. Certainly wouldn't have prayed. Sure enough, wouldn't have showered and blow dry. I didn't blow my dry my hair. I watched Laura blow dry her hair. I, you know, get showered and dressed and then drive over here and get ready if Jesus isn't alive. You say, it's that big a deal? Yes, because I'm very practical. If it don't work, I don't want to do it. I like results. And I just wouldn't be here if it wasn't true. But see, some people put their hope in religion. Matthew 23, 27. This is what Jesus said. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, these religious people. You're a bunch of hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs. You look good outside, but you're full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so, you outwardly appear righteous to men. Oh, they look good. But inside, you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Someone said one time, you know, you invite inviting someone to church. Well, I'd go to church, but there's hypocrites there. I'm thinking, you won too. You passing judgment on someone you say ain't righteous. But you don't even believe in Jesus. I mean, come on now. Don't put your hope in dead religion. Don't put your hope in dead protocol. Don't put your hope in dead religion. Where will dead religion get you? It will get you making a trip after trip after trip in your best clothes, carrying your best spices to a tomb that you think still has a dead body in it. That's what religion will get you. Some people put their hopes in riches. Proverbs 18, 28. He who trusts in the riches, in his riches, will fall. But the righteous will flourish like a plant. Some people think, I got money, it's all right. That money can't buy your way out of hell. That money cannot purchase your cleansing from sin. You, gotta, you can have all the money in the world 
And we've seen examples of men of that. There's, there have been men and women who are so wealthy, they literally could not spend it all, even if they tried. And then they kill themselves. Why? Because money can't set you free. Money can't buy you peace. Now look, I'm not, I don't preach a poverty gospel. You can have it all. What do I mean by that? I mean you can be blessed financially. You can be, have your needs met. You don't have to be scraping and trying to just get by, but you also don't have to trade your wife and your children or your health or your peace just to get a dollar. I won't do that. But my God has never allowed the righteous to be forsaken, nor the seed of the righteous out begging for bread. Some people put their hope in physical strength. Psalms 27, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Something my father taught me a long time ago. He said, AJ, you may get to a point where you feel real big and bad, but I need you to know something. There's always someone bigger and always someone badder. There's always going to be someone a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, hit a little harder. And you find out who that is when you keep this thing running. Oh, you, you know what I'm talking about. And, and look, I like a good hero story, too. I like it. You know, you see that bully just get popped one. They thought they were so big and bad. They walk out. You know, they get popped one time. It's real good when the person that pops them is half their size. And then what are they? I'm, I'm leaving anyway. I don't want to be over here anymore. Some people put their trust in physical strength. But it will fail them. Some people put their hope in man's wisdom. But the Bible says this, Proverbs 16, 25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh, I don't know, maybe in the past two years you've heard some people who were supposed to be experts, and they said, do this! And then three weeks later they say, oh, no, forget it, do this instead! Oh, no, no, do this instead! And you find out they're not that much of an expert after all. So you can't look for the living among the dead. But when you look to Jesus, what do you get? You get life. Jesus said, the thief comes, that's Satan, but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When you look to Jesus, you get peace. He said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Someone say peace. You can have peace in a world that is filled with fear. When you look to Jesus, you can be made righteous. Romans 3.26 says, To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just. Christ and the justifier of Him which believes in Jesus. If you believe on Jesus, it's not what you've done, it's what He done, it's what He has done on the cross. And that finished work of the cross is put on you, just like you put on a coat. That's how the righteousness of God is put on you, so that when God, the righteous judge, looks at you, He sees you clean just as Jesus is clean. When you look to Jesus. See, when you look to Jesus, you'll get joy. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. When you look to Jesus, you get healing. By His stripes, we were healed. When you look to Jesus, you will prosper. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 8 9. Some people won't believe this is in the Bible. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. God cares about your natural needs. When you look to Jesus, you get strength. Joel 3.10 says, Let the weak say, I am strong. 
How can I say I am strong? Because Him living in me is strength. Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, it's what we read in Galatians. It's not me doing it. It's not you doing it. It's not if I work hard enough. It's if you believe and rest in the finished work of Christ, the power of His life will fill you to overflowing. And now I'm made strong in a strength that is eternal. When you look to Jesus, you get wisdom. See, to the Jews and the Greeks, they see Christ. In other words, to the religious people, it's a stumbling block. But to the people who say they're wise, it doesn't make sense. But to those who believe on Jesus, Christ becomes the wisdom of God. Remember His words. Let the word of His mouth change your life. Why do you seek the living among the dead? These women were seeking a dead man's body in a filled tomb because they didn't put faith and what that man said. Jesus has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus has said, I am the bread of life. And if you eat of me, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never thirst again. Jesus has said, I am the life, and I give it abundantly. I am the resurrection and the life. And if you believe, you will never die, but you will live forever. Because the life of Christ comes within you. This physical body, if the Lord tarries, may fall to the ground and be put in a, in a casket and then buried. But who I am, my spirit, is made alive unto Christ. Remember the words of Jesus. It's this simple. Can God lie? Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. See, there's a danger of hearing the Word of God and not mixing it with faith. Hebrews 4.12 said that's what the Israelite people, they said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the Word preached did them nothing because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. Oh, you can hear all day, but if you don't believe, it won't do nothing. It won't do a thing for you. You'll show up to a tomb with funeral clothes on and your spices saying, I'm going to anoint a dead body. But when you hear and you remember His word that He has come to save all those who will call on His name, to set men free, that when you believe on Him, that the sin that bounds you, I don't care if the culture says it's right. I don't care if they make laws and say it's okay. I'm telling you that if inside your heart, you know what I'm talking about, you lay your head on your pillow and at night when it's just you, you say, I don't like this. I want to be free. I want to be free. Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. Remember His word. Remember that Christ came, yes, to be crucified, but risen again, so that you, when you put your faith and trust in Him, you can be made alive with Him. I want you to stand to your feet. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to go before the Lord in time of prayer. Right where you're at, I want you to understand this place we call church, this building, it's set apart. You think, well, it's, it's stick and lumber and metal like any other building. No, this is a place that has one purpose. It's to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Christ Jesus. To preach His Word. To allow the Holy Spirit to live, move, breathe, flow and empower us. To make us changed people. And I want you to know this. You're here today, 
Maybe for many reasons, but I want, to, I want you to tell, tell you this. The reason you're here today is because there's life in this place. Now, is it just this building? No, there's life wherever Jesus is exalted. Because He is life. And what you have heard is a plain, simple proclamation that Christ Jesus is who He says He is. He will set you free. He'll heal your body. He'll give you peace, love, joy. He'll restore your marriage. He'll, he'll restore what the devil's stolen. Maybe you're here and you think, you know what, I, wish, I sure wish I could see my kids again. Let me tell you something. God can restore relationships with your children. He can restore families. If the living God could raise a body that had been dead and decaying for three days, lifeless, from the grave, in one moment's time, He can change your life and make it filled with life again. But it all begins with this. You've got to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you have never put your faith in Christ Jesus as the risen Son of God, and just plainly, as the Bible said, Jesus, you're my Lord. If you've never done that, this is your day. Don't wait. Do not wait another moment. Now is the time of salvation. It's already prepared. Come and sit at the table that God has prepared for you. Maybe you're here today and you think, you know what, well, one, you know, a few years back, when I was a kid, so-and-so, summer camp, when I went here, when I went there, I did this or that. Yeah, I believed on Jesus. But you just know, you can call it whatever you want doctrinally, but you just know you're not right with God. Today's the day to make things right with God. He loves you. He shed His mercy through Christ Jesus for you. He did it for you. Now He's saying, will you continue to look for the living among the dead or will you hear my word and believe? With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's watching, this is what we're here for, is to make things right with God. If you've never given your heart to Christ, or you want to make, your, make things right with God, right now, I want you to raise your hand if that's you and you're here in this place today. You want to give your heart to Christ Jesus. You want to make things right with God. This is why you're here today. If you've never done that, I want, I want to see your hand. Amen. We're going to pray together as a church. Out loud, we're going to pray this because we have faith in Christ. Pray these words with me. Unto God. Not because you don't know how to pray, but I want us to pray together as a church. Pray these prayer, this prayer. Say, Father, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die my death, to pay my debt, to set me free from the bondage of sin. I believe that I died with him. I was buried with Him, and I've been risen unto life with Him. I confess Jesus, Lord of my life. I'll live for You all the days of my life. I thank You, Lord, that Your life makes me free. It makes me alive. It makes me full of all that You are. I believe, and I continue to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you lift up a hand clap of praise unto God?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to know this. In fact, let's just do this. We believe in God. If you need healing in your body, I want you to pray this prayer. And everyone pray this prayer together. This is for the healing of the body. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Father, I believe that the stripes that Christ took on His back was for payment of my healing. I'm whole. I'm healed. Not by my work, but by the power of Christ Jesus and the stripes that bear witness of my healing. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lift up a hand clap of praise unto God. Lord, we thank You, God. We bless You, Lord. You're the healing God. When you leave today, don't let this be a one-time event. This, these doors of this church are open every week. Twice a week, actually. If you're visiting and you got a good home church, be in church. Be among the people of God. Every day, read your word. Pray to God. Make the next 365 days on fire for God so that next Easter, it's just that much more of the power and the glory of God in your life. I pray the Lord's blessing on you. I pray that you go in the power and strength of His might. And I pray you have a happy Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. The Lord Jesus loves you. Amen. Glory to God. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.